what really got me from the Christian church was seeing my dad come to Jesus. His life was transformed. And I didn't quite understand everything. Um, again, even at that age, I would make fun of Christians and think, oh, these people are ignorant or they're kind of out of it. But when I saw my dad's life changed, I was like, okay, so maybe I don't understand everything, but there's something different in this church. The Christian is to witness for Christ. Now, how do you witness? You witness by the way you live. At this moment, God commands all men to repent and believe. La caída que tuviste hoy será la experiencia que te ayudará a levantar a los miles de caídos. This is your testimony. Welcome to Testifying. Testifying is a podcast where we want people to know God through testimonies. And on today's episode, we have... Drum roll, please. Santiago Vasquez. Now, it's, it does sound kind of weird, me calling him Santiago, because I've known him as Saul for a long time. But uh, go ahead, Santiago, go introduce yourself, please. Yeah, so my name's Santiago. Saul is my middle name, Vasquez. Vasquez. <laughs> Don't you mean Vasquez? <laughs> well, it kind of depends who's pronouncing it and who I'm saying it for. Yeah. So, yeah, Vasquez. <laughs> that is true. Um, so, you know, I just want to give you thanks first, you know, for wanting to share your testimony. Um, you know, I know some people might feel nervous, but... I do feel a little nervous, but I, I think that will go away. So how are you feeling? Yeah, no, I'm excited. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad to be part of this. And I know that God is in it all the way and just excited to see what he's going to do. All right. Well, you know, let's start right away. Um, So can you tell us a little bit on, you know, how long you've been serving God faithfully? Yeah. So when I was younger, I was part of the youth group and served God in different areas, like chorus and different things like that at church. Um, I kind of backed off a little bit. And then when I was 18, um, I started serving God in just different uh, ministries, Sunday school, um, just different kids ministries. And since then, I've been serving God in different areas. Right. And now, um, were your parents Christian when you were born? They were not. Um, both of them were unbelievers um, back when we lived in Texas. Um, my mom would call herself a Catholic, but didn't really go to church much, um, just identifying as a Catholic. And my dad really didn't profess a religion. When he was younger, he used to visit the Mormon church with the family he lived with. Um, but I consider myself Jehovah's Witness. Oh. Um, we had some, some visitors come and, and kind of share the doctrine. And then my mom started with the Jehovah's Witness, and then I did too. She eventually just wanted to stop having the Bible studies for herself. And I continued, and I was I kind of graduated from the little kids' ministry that they have, the, the books they use for kids, and they gave me the adult books. So I... I was kind of receiving their doctrine, and I consider myself a Jehovah's Witness. So how long were you a Jehovah's Witness for? 
Well, I don't remember for sure um, how old I was when I started, but um, I was 11 when we moved from Texas to Nebraska, and that's kind of when I stopped having the the Bible studies. Oh, so that was probably a pretty big move, don't you think, at that age, coming all the way from Texas to Nebraska? For from the well, did you come during the winter or the summer? No, we came in November. So it was just when it was starting to get cold. Right when we got here, we got a little bit of snow. It was just very minimal for that time. But, but yeah, it was very shocking. I mean, we used to play in the, at, at recess, like for at school, and our feet would, would get really hot just from standing on the ground. And then we came to Nebraska, and I was wearing winter clothes <laughs> All the time. It was like freezing. That is crazy. Uh, what part of Texas were you from? Um, way down south. We call it Rio Grande Valley. Oh. Um, the town itself is called Far, Texas. Oh, yeah. So that's a that's a huge climate change. Right. So could you um, could you tell us how your life was, how, how your life was before you had a, like a relationship with God? Yeah, so <clears throat> like I stated earlier, um, we moved to, to Nebraska when I was 11, um, and soon after, we started coming to church and hearing about the gospel. Um, by that time, um, I was, I always tell people, I was, I, I knew I had a need for God. I knew that I needed Him in my life, and and. You know, coming from a dysfunctional family, um, a lot of my testimony is linked to my parents at that age. So my dad was an alcoholic. Um, he would just drink all the time, was rarely home. Um, and then when he was, he was usually drunk. Um, and just it was in a very, very um, functional family. Um, my mom used to work long hours and would be out of the home a lot. Um so we kind of had to fend for ourselves. I have to. I have a a younger sister. She's five years younger than me. So it was kind of. It fell on me to kind of watch out for myself and then for her too. So, um, during that time is when um, my dad and my, my my parents, I guess, had split up, and I didn't know. So my dad was living in Nebraska, working was the the reason, kind of they said, but they were really split, split up at that time. So. One of those times, he just decided to go to Texas and um, just asked my mom, hey, do you want to get back together? Would you guys be willing to move to Nebraska? And we moved here. And like I said, we started coming to church. And when I understood the gospel at age 11, I made a very conscientious decision to let Jesus to come into my life. And that was extraordinary. At that age, um, I even... Now that I look back, I realize I was having some suicidal ideation. I mean, I would visualize myself hurting myself and and things like that. So when Jesus came and filled that void, um, started working in my life, that day that I accepted Jesus opened my heart to him. When I left church, I felt like I was floating. It was like, wow, a radical change. And then he started working in my life since then. At age 11, that's that's honestly a really young age. And it's it's that's crazy because I know a lot of I'm pretty sure a lot of 11 years old are, you know, not really looking into God. But for you, that's that's really crazy. Um, I, I do want to ask you a question. 
So you mm-hmm. said you were Jehovah Witness before you came to Nebraska, right? Um, yeah. Did you ever, like, for those that don't really know what Jehovah Witness is, could you give us a brief summary, like, what it is? Yeah, so a lot of people might know them because of their um, home-to-home um, work. So they go home-to-home, kind of sharing their doctrine. Um, they use specialized literature, um, like little magazines. They call um, Atalaya in Spanish, English. I think it's Watchtower or something like that. Um, and then that's how they introduce their doctrine. If you choose to be part of of their group, I guess, you can schedule um, Bible studies. So they can come to your house and do home studies and kind of, they guide you through a series of books sharing their doctrine. Um, But some of their their beliefs are, um, you have to kind of learn a lot from God to live better and then also please him. So in the future, you can be part of God's kingdom. And that's why they call their their church the Kingdom Hall, because they believe in the um, earthly kingdom for people in paradise. And that's kind of their hope. Mm -hmm. And the way you kind of be part of that is by learning a lot and God is going to be pleased and he's going to remember you in the last days and and resurrect you. But they don't believe there's, there's hell. They believe once you're dead, everything's done until... God resurrects people. Oh, wow. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, but when you came to Nebraska, did you ever think about looking for a Jehovah Witness church or was there not any? I did. <clears throat> but um, just with all the changes, um, I think I kind of went along with just the way we're doing things now. And the way we did things was we went to a Christian church and I started kind of learning things. Um even even then, I, I was, like I said, I did consider myself a Jehovah's Witness. Um, what really got me from the Christian church was seeing my dad come to Jesus. His life was transformed. And I didn't quite understand everything. Um, again, even at that age, I would make fun of Christians and think, oh, these people are ignorant or they're kind of out of it. But when I saw my dad's life changed, I was like, okay. So maybe I don't understand everything, but there's something different in this church. There's, I mean, God, there, I can definitely see God has his power here and is transforming lives because my dad's life changed. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Um, You know, you just saying like your dad really was that, you know, that changed you. Um, It kind of reminded me of a picture that uh, Pastor Mariano showed us. I don't know if you were, if you remember, but it shows you like the percentage of if a, if a father accepts Christ and then his family were well accepted. I don't Were you there? I don't know, but I do know what picture you're talking about. I've seen it. Yeah. And it, I feel like that, I feel like that picture is so true. Um, so I don't remember what the percentage was, was for like fathers. If, If they were to accept, you know, Christ and their family would, you know, follow them and accept Christ too. And it's I just I, I just sorry that just came up to my mind. I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and I mean, definitely I saw it firsthand with our family. That's definitely true because my dad was the first one in our family to come to Christ. For sure. Um, so, uh, I know you said that at age eleven you accepted God. Um, was would that be like your first 
encounter with God? Yeah, I think honestly that would be. Um, because I was able to... I mean, I, I was exposed to Christianity before and had gone to services. But that Sunday school class that I went to, I was able to clearly understand the gospel and make an uh, an aware decision for Christ um, to pray and have him come to my life. And and that whole service, I felt so different. I, I, I think I saw things different, felt things different. I remember that when I left that church that day, I felt like I was floating and just completely like a weight had lifted off of me. That is so awesome. And I'm just, it's it's just so awesome because you were 11 at that time. It's it's, it's so awesome how, you know, God works with anyone. Doesn't matter how old you are. It's, you know, that's really awesome. Right. Um, The funny thing is that after I grew up and stuff, when I, I said I kind of started working at each um, 18 different ministries, one of the ministries I started working was that Sunday school class. We called it, you know, the tweens and Spanish intermedios. Um, that's the class I was part of when I gave my life to Christ. And then I started teaching in that class. Um, so one of the things that I used to tell my students was, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, God wants to have an encounter with you and he's willing to use you at whatever stage of life you're in. And that is true. I mean, if anyone opens their heart, you know, God, God always looks at people's heart. So uh, could you could you tell us how how like your first couple of months were after that encounter? Yeah. So like I said, I was really excited. I mean, I honestly saw God's transforming power in my life, my family's life. Uh, my dad was the first one to come to Christ. Then I made that decision of faith. And then a few few weeks, my mom followed and then my sister. So we all ended up giving our life to Jesus and just learning all those new, you know, activities that you just engaged in. Learning how to pray, learning how to read the Bible, um, just being faithful, uh, coming to church and just trying to absorb everything God has for you. It was very, very intense because the changes that were happening physically, like us moving from Texas to Nebraska and learning how to adjust to a new environment, were also happening spiritually. Um, so a lot of changes went on in our lives. But I remember soon after, I think that was the summer when I gave my life to Christ. Um, August, right away, I was baptized in water. And then in October, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I was just excited to observe all those things that God had for me. So I just got involved in just different things as much as I could and just served wherever I could. That's, that's really, that's awesome. Um, could you kind of describe a little bit of um, your baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so it was actually... Um, a Sunday in October, I don't remember the exact date, but we had a guest speaker, Brother Stanley Black, who was visiting our church and um, just was there for the weekend. He was sharing just different messages, and then Sunday specifically, he shared about the Holy Spirit and, and just explained what the baptism of the Holy is, you know, that God comes to your heart as the Holy Spirit when you accept Jesus, but he can also baptize you in the Holy Spirit and and you can receive power for serving him and for testifying for him. So I was really excited and I just um, 
opened my heart and he made an altar call and just prayed over the people that came up. And yeah, that was the day I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's that's awesome. Well, so you said that, you know, you accepted God over the summer. Um, Once school started, how was your school life? Um, so it was, we were going to the middle school and I, I remember that just, you know, I would see people different. I would see myself just different, um, than I used to before, you know, I would care for people in a different way, like for their well being, And it was hard sometimes though, to not be engaging in some of the same behaviors you know i knew that as a, as a believer i just have to be the difference and show them a different way um so sometimes it was hard to kind of be left out of the group when everybody was you know making fun of somebody else or everybody was cursing and just talking things maybe they shouldn't and and things like that but I, I could tell from just different comments, you know, that they saw a difference in me. I remember one of my classmates just randomly just asked, hey, why don't you curse, you know? Do you not know any curse words? And he, like, took the time to try to teach me curse words. What? He's like, here, I'll teach you some, you know, say this or say that. And, and I remember just saying, you know what, I don't I don't feel like I need to use curse words, you know? Yeah, he thought he was helping so, you out. Wow. Right, to fit in, maybe. That, that Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's 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 kind of funny but crazy too. Um, so, what about like in high school? Once you know, once time went by. Yeah, again, <clears throat> so things, you know, continued. Um, just as you grow older, your your experiences, your challenges are different. So, there's still that struggle to try to be the difference in the world and, and, you know, be the light of Jesus. Um, and again, that is very challenging, um, when you have friends who aren't believers. Um, but you know that, you know, that's the right thing to do, even though it's hard. And, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I do remember there were some experiences where I felt like I wasn't giving a a very strong testimony. Um, and one of my English classes, I remember that we did a book report and I decided to do a Christian book. You know, the Left Behind series was very popular when I was in high school. And I had already read the first book, so I decided to pick that as my book. You know, in my mind, I was saving time because I already had read that book. So I could do a book report on it without spending the time reading it again. And, you know, I was knowledgeable about the book. But anyhow, I kind of gave the book report. And then we opened it up for questions. And I remember that one of the girls there just raised her hand and asked, do you believe that's true? And if you, you're not familiar with that book, um, it talks about the rapture of how we're waiting for Jesus to come and how things are going to change and what we call the tribulation and things like that. So I remember that for me, it was like eternity. I heard her question. I thought about her question. And I freaked out. I said, oh my gosh, how am I going to answer this? Because inside, yes, I I believe that's true. Uh, I've been taught, you know, through our lessons and Bible studies that, you know, this is our, our hope that Jesus will come back for us. 
but my answer out loud was, uh, yeah, I think it, it could happen. You know, in my mind, I was like, well, I don't want to betray my faith, but I'm not ready to give a clear response to this. And she just, you know, shrugged it off. And said, oh, okay. And then we, we went on with different questions. I later found out that this girl that had asked the question um, was actually a believer herself. And she did several things to kind of give a stronger testimony about her faith and just share it with her friends. So I saw myself as a failure at that point because she, in a way, was trying to give me an opportunity to do the same. And I, I don't feel like I did a really good job. So those were the kind of internal struggles that I feel I was going to, just defining my faith and making sure that my convictions agreed with my words, my behavior. Um, and it was it was a long process, and I'm not I'm not completely finished, you know. Um, I'm still growing in different areas, but I can definitely remember those were hard times as a teenager. Yeah, for sure, especially because honestly, as a believer in high school, you know, it seems like well, it seems like you're just the odd one of the group, and sometimes I feel that's where like people struggle, like you know you know, like Christians that became Christians, like in their teen years, I feel like high school might be one of their biggest struggles because everyone's, everyone's growing, you know, and everyone's thinking all these different things and you being a believer just makes you kind of like the odd one out of the group. But yeah, that was definitely the norm in high school. Remember, you know, just friends talking about let's, let's hang out, let's go and drink and just hang out at the park and do this and that. And you would not, knowing what to do how to say no i don't want to do that you know i don't want to be made fun of or be rejected and stuff too yeah exactly could you think of a time that you maybe had or like you had difficult you know believing in god or trusting god or you know just going through a really difficult time what did that look like to you yeah i've had several difficult times since then you know at age 11 and now i'm 36 um, there's been a lot of room for difficult situations. I think personally, one of the hardest was as an adult, you know, I had, we had, we were having our second child and then the doctor at one of the doctor visits basically said, I don't want to alarm you, but I see something's not right with your baby's heart. So I'm going to send you to the specialist. It can be nothing or it can be something, but they'll give you more information. And we went to the specialist and lo and behold, yes, she was diagnosed with a specific syndrome, um, hypoplastic left heart um, syndrome. Basically, in lay terms, it means that she basically has half of her heart. So getting those news and going through that situation was very difficult for us. Um we didn't know what, how to react. We didn't know how to deal with it. You know, our firstborn was actually super healthy. She never gave us any, any problems with things like that. And she would get sick, but it was very minor things and she'd get over it fast. And then going from there to this, we had to get a doctor in Omaha, um, you know, away from Columbus. We had to travel and, and she, my wife was induced, um, so just a lot of new experiences and then just dealing with the actual situation. Once my, my baby was born, she had to have a um, total of three open heart surgeries. 
Um, one was 10 days after she was born. That was very difficult. I remember we have some friends who had a daughter close to, they're like two days apart with my girl. And it, she came to us one time and she was crying and said, you know, I had to take my girl to the doctor and they poked her, her heel. And I was so upset because the nurse had to do it like two or three times. She couldn't do it right. And I was so angry. And then I remembered your guys' experiences where you guys have to be in the hospital so long and have all these things going on. And, and she was crying. She said, I don't know how you can do it. And my only response is, I couldn't do it. You know, my wife couldn't do it unless we had God and him helping us be strong in our faith. And many times I wasn't as strong. You know, I I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how far we were going to go. I didn't know if she was going to make it. Um, I prayed many times for God to heal her and it didn't happen. So just dealing with all that situation and eventually, you know, it was a long process, but eventually coming to terms saying, okay, whatever happens, God, you're in control and I know you know what's right. So trusting that is, is very difficult. But many years later, um, she's nine now and she's right now. You can hardly tell she has anything. You not really, we go to, um, annual visits and she's doing great and we're just continuing to trust God in all this you know so so I would probably say that's one of the harder things that we've gone through so oh why do you think God obviously being a Christian doesn't mean you know it's gonna be perfect you know everything you, you, you know your entire life is gonna go perfect but what do you think God lets Christians go through you know through something like this Right. I remember a Christian preacher once said, um, atheists don't, don't ever feel disappointed from God. God never disappoints them because they're not expecting anything. But Christians, they get disappointed because as a Christian, sometimes you expect certain things, certain favors. Like, okay, I'm a Christian, so you can't let this happen to me. You know, I go to church, I read the Bible, I do all these little checkboxes. So you have God a duty to me, and that's not true. Um, we all live in the same world, and this world is a fallen world. So we know that there's going to be suffering. Things are going to go right. And that means to everybody, whether you are or not a Christian, there's difficult situations coming your way. I do believe, though, that in difficult situations, God uses that to fulfill his promises and his his purposes. You know, I would not know the value of a coat unless I felt cold. And moving from Texas to Nebraska, as we were speaking, you know, I love my coat, especially those first, you know, weeks and stuff. And and that's kind of one of the things that God does. I wouldn't know peace unless I went through war. And I wouldn't appreciate it as much. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't know God's power unless I saw his power, you know. So I feel like we're all we're all exposed to different situations. We just have to the way I see it is you just what can you learn from it? And one of the things that we want to learn from it is God's nature. What is God like? What do I learn from God? 
in this situation? How do I know God better in this situation? And it's very romantic to say it, but it's very difficult to live it. And that's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. He's going to help us live through those situations. Amen. And he's going to help. He's going to guide us too. So, um, what 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 hope what do you, what hope you and like your wife like push through that you know like what hope what hope what really helped you you know just you know going through that stage and still like believing in God and trusting him so i think that we we both tried to support each other as much as we could but we also found support in God and really personally i can't speak too much for her she has her own experience, but I personally took the matter to God all the time. You know, there was times when I felt grateful because there was improvement, but there was somewhere I felt frustrated and angry. And I came to God those times and said, you know what? I'm very angry and I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. And there was times that I would say, haven't I suffered enough? You know, when is this going to end? And it was a very difficult time for our marriage too, because two months during her second surgery, she was in the hospital two months because things didn't go well. And my wife would spend, she was a stay-at-home mom at that time. She just stayed over in Omaha. And I would come to Columbus, I would work. Then my day, my time's off or the weekend, I would go and spend the time over there. There's times during the week that I would go and then come back home. And it was hard to leave them over there. Um, and there were times where I doubted God, but Again, you come back to him and you say, okay, I don't get it, you know. And just just express everything you have. And one of the things that I know in my experience is that God has strong enough shoulders to carry our burdens. So he's not scared when we say, I'm doubtful. He's not scared when we say, you know what, this is hard for me and I don't believe you're working here. I don't see how you're working here. He can take that as long as we bring it to him, though. Um, he's going to work with that and eventually he started changing those things and, and those feelings, slowly working through them and bringing hope here and there. One of the things that I learned from God is sometimes as Christians, we think, okay, this is the way God's going to work. This is who God's going to use to encourage me. This is who God's going to use to help me. And it really didn't happen that way. Um, it was just the unexpected, you know. There was this friendly nurse that would see Sophia waiting in the room while we were, you know, with our, our second daughter. And she would take my oldest and, and just go out for a walk and see her for a little bit. And that brought some relief, you know, and and just allowed us to have just a little bit of a break and, and for my, my oldest to go and just be a normal kid a little bit too and you know, she was she was such a blessing, and just different other s staff um, and and friends and those unexpected um, visits. You know, I remember one a couple that came and just talked to us, and they just talked to us about normal, mundane things like, oh yeah, and I was taking care of my grandchildren, and then we went to the you know park. This happened, and that mundane conversation was so refreshing because it gave us a sense of normality in that crisis and and God used that to encourage us and and just people responding so generously you know they would give us gas cards and and just ask how they could help and 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 just 
God was very merciful in many ways too. Wow, that's that's awesome. It's yeah, it's always nice because I remember too when uh when my dad was going through cancer, I, there was people that you know I didn't expect that were actually going to be a big blessing in my life, and yeah, so I kind of I kind of feel a little bit how you feel, but how does your current relationship look like with God right now? Yeah, so <clears throat> I was eighteen when I started you know more serious in the ministry just doing a lot more work and since then I've kind of grown a lot in my knowledge of the Bible and also my service so it's been 18 years I'm 36 now um, I'm actually currently um, getting accredited to be a pastor and we're kind of getting ready to start um, Spanish services at our church currently um, so we're very excited about that and and kind of just lead the work there. I've been starting, you know, with Spanish Bible studies um, every other week and and slowly working um, in different areas. But so, yeah, currently that's kind of where we're at right now. I, f I finished my courses. I just have to um, pass my final test and then go through my interview and hopefully get accredited, certified um, in April's when the ceremony is so kind of excited about that a little bit nervous but excited. wow did you when you were you know when you were 11 did you ever think you were gonna be you know be doing that i didn't honestly um after i started getting involved with the church you know at, at times i would see myself preaching but you know i just would think that's just you know just a crazy dream or whatever um soon after though a lot of pastors and evangelists that would go through the church would prophesy over me and would just say, hey, God has special plans for you and and you're going to preach the word. So I was kind of starting to get those words and um, eventually God himself started working with me. At age 18, he kind of gave me a vision of me teaching the Bible to my friends in school. So I started a, a youth Bible study. Um, we call it like a mm -hmm. celula for Jovenes, so it was like a youth Bible study, uh, home-based, and then since then, I've been leading Bible studies, and, you know, now, eventually, God called me um, through, uh, you know, he woke me up in the middle of the night and just kind of gave me this word that he wanted me to, to lead others to Christ, so they could leave darkness and come to his light. So, so can I ask you a question? You know how you, you say you were getting prophet prophet. Ah, I can't even say it. Yep. Prophesy. Um, at what age did you say say that was happening? Like when you Um, I think oh, it was age twelve. Um, from that time to now, did you ever feel like so impatient, you know? Like like, oh god, I want this now or or something like that. Yes and no. Um I would question God a lot, like, how in the world are you going to do this? I was the type of student that uh, when I gave a book report in fifth grade, my knees were literally shaking. My cheek started shaking. I was so nervous. Seventh grade, um, I had to give a, a report, but I made arrangements with a teacher to come after school when there was no audience, just me and her, just because I couldn't speak in front of people. So I would question God, like, you know what, are you <laughs> sure you picked the right person? You know, I don't even like to be in front of people. Um, 
And then as I slowly started getting involved, you know, I got excited about the ministry and and would just serve different areas. And there was a time when I was, um, you know, we called them the president of youth group. We had different officers and stuff. And somebody from a, you know, a, a family member from a different church, she was, she was my cousin, a pastor of a different church. Um, would talk to me about coming to her church and preach. And, you know, she needed a lot of help with her youth group and, and things like that. And and that was very tempting. But at that time, I felt like that was in God's um, will. Even though it sounded very tempting, I you know, I definitely would have jumped on the opportunity. But I had to learn, you know, God's timing is very important. And, yeah, there were lessons that I had to learn because... There were there were times to answer your question. There were times when I was a little bit impatient and just kind of wanted God to fulfill His dream now. When when yeah, I yeah, it's that's for sure. Because I know, yeah, a lot of people want 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 to do in their own time, but at the end, it's just it's God's time. It can either be now or right. next year or ten years from now. Um. So I know out there there are many Christians that are like really struggling right now. And we, you know, we probably don't know what they're struggling with, but what advice would you give them if, you know, if they're struggling with their faith? Yeah. One, one, one bit of advice that has helped me and that I share with people is don't give up. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on God. Um, You know, try him one more time. Okay. So you're going through a difficult situation. Come to him and tell him it's a difficult situation and just vent to him, but don't give up, you know, give it one more day, give it one more day. And a lot of those things will either change or you will change to see or encounter those things in a different way. Um, you know, there's also, there's a lot of different things that you could tell people, um, one of the things is don't put your eyes on people because it doesn't matter who it is, how godly you think they are, they will fail at some point. You know, myself included, we're not perfect. So don't put your eyes on people. Appreciate people as they are and what they do for you, for the ministry, for God. But don't put your trust in people to the point where Whatever they do, if they fail, that's going to affect you and your relationship with God. You have to see people as they are, and they're imperfect. We are imperfect. So we are going to commit mistakes. I heard one preacher say, you can't put anybody on a pedestal. Pedestal is kind of like a little you know, platform. Because when you put that person there, it does not matter where they take their step. Whether it's forward, backwards, to the sides, they will fall from there. So that to me means they're going to disappoint you. But you have to separate that disappointment from your relationship with God. It wasn't God failing. It was people failing. And even though we don't understand it or see it at the moment, He is going to bring us through. And he's going to fulfill His purpose, whatever that purpose wow, is. Wow, that's, that's really powerful. And, you know, for the people listening who might be asking this, but... Why should we believe in God? Yeah, so there's many ways um, that you can answer that question. 
um, we can go the intellectual way, you know, and try to advocate for um, creation and just reasons for why we believe God is real and, and investigations and things like that. One of the simplest forms that really impacted me at age 11 was just the power of a testimony. You know, that's why I was kind of very excited about this podcast where you get the opportunity to share testimonies. One of the things that I say is we're all a trophy, a trophy, you know, God's trophy. And a trophy itself sometimes doesn't even have that much value. But trophy represents something. It represents a victory. It's supposed to represent, you know, somebody else's victory. And whose victory are we representing if we're God's trophy? It's God's victory. We can see God's transforming power. And when you hear that from people, when people are telling you what their experience with God has been, um, and, and when you see the transformations in people's lives, you have to kind of wonder like I did, you know, maybe I don't know everything about Christianity, but there's something here that's powerful. There's something here that I need to know more about. And if you give it a chance, I think God will reveal himself to you and, and prove himself. You know, when you, if you've read the Bible, the first verse says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible already tells you what God is doing. The Bible never goes back and tries to prove God exists. It already gives it as a fact. God is alive and well, and this is what he's doing. And that's kind of his job to do. I, you know, I don't have to prove God is real. He can do it himself if you only give him a chance. So that's kind of wow. what I would say. Well, you know, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, you know, thank you for sharing your testimony. How do you feel now? Yeah, no, it's a little bit of relief. I was a little bit anxious uh, it, and nervous, but it went good. It went good. Um, yeah. So, thank you, Saul. Um, thank you for sharing your testimony. Um, is there anything else you wanna maybe say, or, or is that all? No, I think I'm good. I'm again. Just thank you for the invite. Glad to be here. Just excited to see what God's going to do, um, with this project. Matthew sixteen twenty four twenty six says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything really worth more than your soul? Now really, ask yourself if there's anything worth more than your soul. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but God gives us eternal life. God wants us to repent from our sins. He wants us to turn away from our evil deeds and turn to Him. Repentance is when we confess our sins out loud and ask God to forgive us. You must believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our salvation. We must also accept God's gift of salvation through faith. Only you know how your spiritual life is with God right now. If you have walked away or even grieved the Holy Spirit, now would be the time to turn to Him. The first step is to ask God to forgive you and to truly believe and trust in God, that He will change your story, He will change your stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive heart.